This episode is brought to you by Novilla Mattresses. I consider Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory to be my arch nemesis. Even though I say this, I know we have one thing in common. That is, we both have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. For Grandpa Joe, that's because he is a bad person. For me, it's because I sleep on a mattress made by Novilla, today's sponsor. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress. Perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Like I said, I personally sleep on a Novilla mattress, and it has done wonders for me. Throw out that cheap Walmart mattress you got in college and get yourself a mattress made by Novilla. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress today. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. A reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. What is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to yet another another episode of Cancel Sweezy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Cancel Sweezy is the Lord Trademark's favorite podcast. Welcome to the show today. Uh, like I've mentioned in other episodes that I'm now saying I was wrong, this episode that you're listening to right now literally is the best episode of Cancel Sweezy that uh, will ever be made. And is ever going to be made, and ever will be made. So welcome to the show today, folks. Uh, I'm Sweezy. I know most of you, uh, or your wives, know me as the Foreplay King. Some of you even may call me uh, a laugh track, human name, or most of you call me. But welcome to the show today. Like I said, uh, it's literally our best episode I think we have ever made. The we being me has ever made. So welcome to the show today. Um... Uh, you know, one thing I say, we're now into February, and uh, this is the only podcast out there that's not going to try to make Black History Month about themselves. At least not yet. Not yet. We, I haven't figured out how to make it about me yet. I'm a, I'm white. Here to save the day. I'm white. White saviors uh, out here today to bring you uh, the news and everything that's involved with it. Uh, some other interesting things that have been going on throughout my week, and I'm going to be giving you advice so welcome to the podcast today, the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. So thank you for being here today. We have a lot going on today, and uh, now that you're here, we can get right into it. So uh, uh, let's just jump into it. So yeah, thank you for uh, checking out the show. Um, like I said, there's so many things you could do. I have music out everywhere under Sweezy. Go check that out. I'm on Spotify. I'm still up on Spotify. I haven't fully disagreed with Joe Rogan yet, um, but uh, also don't feel like making an ultimatum with Spotify at this point saying, it's either Sweezy or it's Joe Rogan. You can't pick both. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Spotify has invested a ton of money into Joe Rogan in zero dollars into me. So therefore, I think that I 
will not be making that ultimatum, and my music will still be up on Spotify, along with Apple Music, along with Tidal, Deezer, Amazon, YouTube, wherever you stream your music, I'll be there, meaning you should be going streaming to me nonstop. Once you're done with this, you got to be streaming nonstop, nonstop, always, can't stop, won't stop, uh, you won't be stopping, I won't be stopping, therefore you should be continuing uh, the ever-growing landscape of listening to me nonstop. Um, you should also be following me on social media. I'm at the Shweezy everywhere. Facebook, that's Twitter, that is Instagram, uh, that is TikTok, especially TikTok. We're building up that brand, and I'm really wanting to get my Twitter back to where, I mean, to a good spot, because I would love to be making, saying more dumbass things and then posting on the internet. Twitter is just a... Hey, this, Twitter's the only way you can copyright your joke. I feel like that's what Twitter has become, because that's like the timestamp and everything. So Twitter is just uh, basically just copywriting your jokes, and uh, what a great way to laugh at jokes when they're mine, because I make the best jokes. So go follow me on social media. Speaking of social media, though, I uh, have decided, you know me, I have been playing a lot of video games, a lot of Pokemon, a lot of, a lot of uh, Fortnite, uh, and everything in between the two uh, platforms uh, over on Twitch. But I have decided that I'm moving over to Facebook Gaming. I feel like it's going to be easier because I feel like with Twitch, I have to tell people, like, hey, go over to Twitch. But then with Facebook or Meta that they're kind of building, I can just be like, hey, you're here. Watch this. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit different of a... Of a situation with Facebook versus Twitch. Um, a lot of other reasons too, which uh, are probably not podcast related um, for, or for me to be talking about on a podcast related, but I am uh, switching my gaming and I'm probably going to try, I want to start to start doing a lot of other type of live streaming, like maybe uh, my friend uh, Grass Kingdoms, you should go check out and I guess pre-save his uh, EP he has coming out, I think in March. Uh, he does like this thing where he'll like a make us he'll stream and make a song like on the stream, and one time I was just chilling on it and I was like, hey, you should write a Christian song, and I don't think he's released it yet, but he he wrote uh, it's like I can't wait to kiss you in heaven, and I got the I actually got a line in there, so I am technically a writer on the song. Um, but, but he wrote another line, too. He's like, God, you are my father, the daddy of dads, and your baby boy Jesus is a mighty fine lad, oh, Lord. So it's a really cool, uh, really cool thing. And I, want, I might just copy him because um, you either create something originally or you just copy someone else. And uh, why not just copy someone else? I wasn't the first person to make a podcast, and yet I'm the best at podcasting. Um, but now... Uh, yeah, moving forward, I'm not doing that. So I want to do some. I might just make a do a whole streaming type thing. I don't think I'm going to be doing podcasts live at least just yet. We might do like a special a live podcast, but uh, I don't know. I, I like the opportunity to, even though I barely do any edits on this show, it's literally just trimming the ends and then uh, throwing in ads and stuff like that. I still like having a little bit of control if I needed to edit something out. Uh, excuse me, I really say something bad on accident. Again, I, I like having that control. I don't know. But I, I do want to do a lot more live, so Shweezy Live. Um, I'll try to have the link in the description, but y'all should be going and following that page. Not And uh, 
And it's going to be easier for me, too, on that because I can, like, make a schedule. I'm like, hey, I'm going to play this night and this night. Because I usually like playing on Thursdays and Tuesdays or Tuesdays. So I'm going to be doing Tuesdays and Thursdays at least once a week. And, uh, and I really like that. So, yeah, mainly. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And w- go check out the Shweezy Live Facebook page. I've been making friends. I've been just adding my friends to be moderators. Friends who would not be interested in moderating uh, said uh, screaming page. Um, but nevertheless, he persisted and, uh, probably something I'm going to continue doing. And I just think it's funny to make, force my friends to be like, you're a moderator on this. So I think it's really funny. Um, so, uh, first of all, ride or die, bitch. Um, yeah. So, um, there's also the Patreon page. Patreon is allowing you to, uh, subscribe, uh, to financially support me and everything I do. Uh, so don't be stingy. Come, Come on, on Mark. Mark. Don't be stingy. And uh, go. Let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. And uh, yeah, go go help me out financially. It's a great way to do. But I know a lot of people want to do the free shit, which I'm here to help you save the day on the free shit. Um, what you can do for free is um, you can, if you're on the YouTube, what you can always go ahead and do is uh, like our episodes, like any of our highlights that we do. Um, and uh, leave a comment. Leaving comments are really cool. Makes you a really cool guy. I like that. Um, and stuff like that. Uh, if you have a highlight you like, maybe leave a comment on that. It's a little more specified on what you're commenting on. And uh, leave a cool comment. And, uh, you know, you have a friend who wants to know daddy. And uh, we'll be like, I want to get them into this. And uh, this is a great way to just ease someone into it. You know, sometimes you got to start slow. And then that's when you that's when you go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Um, that's some free shit you can do. And also, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube page. We're still trying to infiltrate that algorithm, uh, get that up and going in full throttle. Um, if you're on the audio platforms, what you can obviously do is, um, you know, uh, subscribe, obviously get notified anytime daddy releases new episodes and, uh, leave us a review. Um, it sounds like a weird thing to ask, but it really does help out the show. I'm not lying to you when I say that it really does help out the show. And uh, leaving us a one to five star rating of your choosing. You can tell me I suck, and I know you're lying, but uh, I will be okay with it on the ratings because that's what helps the world. That is how the world works, and everything like that. So don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Don't be making me calling you Mark. And uh, let's 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 go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. So yeah, I think that's all I have to say. Um, let's get into previous week right now. Previous week right now, for those of you who don't know, is the previous week that I will be going over right now. And you're wondering how I got to this title? Well, it's pretty simple. Um, I look through news of the previous week, and then I go over it right now. Uh, so as Philip DeFranco would say, um... Let's just jump into it. Okay. So I tease this... I did tease this on my TikTok page. Here, let me play the TikTok. You should talk about Tucker Carlson wanting to fucking Eminem on your podcast. Guess what? I do. I do talk about that shit on my podcast. You're just my asshole who I call a friend who doesn't check out my podcast. Maybe you should be a better friend and more supportive and check out Cancel Sweezy every Wednesday. And I'm also not going to make this a highlight either. So you have to be listening to the full unedited episode, no highlights or anything. To be a true fan for me to go over this specific article today, folks. And uh, so, yeah, let's just uh, let, me, let me go into it. Tucker Carlson widely mocked after criticizing less sexy M&Ms from Forbes 
Fox News host Tucker Carlson is infamous for his, his unusual pop culture rants, which often focus on inclusive marketing campaigns, framing corporate wokeness as a symbol of societal decline. Carlson has tackled uh, important issues such as Elmo's opinion on BLM, that's short for Black Lives Matter for those of you who didn't know, and, and the supposed cancellation of Dr. Seuss, whose books continue to be massively popular. Recently, Carlson was triggered by a redesign of the M&M cartoon characters used to market the candy. Uh, the M&Ms are set to shift their focus for some reason, reflecting a new era of diversity and inclusivity. In a move that amused by Twitter users, the focus on orange M&Ms anxiety proved a particular popular joke. Carlson, however, didn't see the funny side. The Fox News host seemed particularly upset by the change seen in the two female M&Ms as the green M&M has traded her knee-high boots for comfy trainers, while the brown M&M has shortened the height of her heels. Uh, heels. In one of the Fox News hosts' most unhinged rants yet, Carlson condemned the chocolate-coated characters as less sexy. Carlson went on to make some odd assumptions regarding the motives of the M&M's marketing team, passionately stating, uh, M&M's will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous, until the moment you wouldn't want to have a drink with any of them. That's the goal. Carlson didn't specify which Eminem he'd like to share a drink with, instead going to emphasize, empathize with orange Eminem's anxiety, speculating, maybe he doesn't like all the ugly new shoes he sees around him. Naturally, Carlson's distaste for androgynous peanut candy in kitten heels didn't escape the attention of Twitter users, uh, who gleefully took the opportunity to mock the man's unusual taste. To be fair to Carlson, the charisma, charm, and sexual magnetism of the green M&M has long been observed by the horniest inhabitants of the internet. In the form of surreal meme that reimagines green as a domineering gamer, originating on Tumblr around 2018 and snowballing from there. As real as the sexy green M&M meme was, Carlson's furious reaction to her new shoe proved far stranger. Um, this is just funny, folks. I, I don't know. Um, I, I wish I could have been there in the room with him when he was, uh, when he was going on this. I'm like, easy, fella. It's just a cartoon. It's just a drawing, buddy. Uh, didn't help that my buddy Cricket, the person not the game, uh, sent me. <laughs> sent me, I can't show it here, um, if you're watching the video, I cannot, I cannot show it here, um, but it's, like, uh, a nude rendering of the green M&M, like, taking off the green outer candy shell, and I gotta tell you, I, it made me uncomfortable how spread apart the boobs were, because it, it looked like, it's only time you see boobs spread apart that much was, um, when a woman has a not that very good boob job, and, uh, you'll see it in porn where it's like they're spread apart, they're solid, they do not move, and uh, it's just not cool. Ladies, just let it sag or just fix the sag. Don't make them bigger. I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big, big boob guy. I would say I, I like them. I like it because I feel like every woman's body, uh, the boobs grow to its rightful place, and. I feel like you gotta maintain, if you're gonna do work on your boobs, like plastic surgery, just make it so they look, look good while, when you get older and they sag. That's all, that's all I ask as a guy who appreciates boobs, but really does not like the fakers. So, uh, yeah, anyways, back to Tucker Carlson. Um, why does he want to fuck the green Eminem? Like, I get, 
let's 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 try to take let's try to see what his what his taste is um uh so let's just let's just let's try to see him on his side let's let me try to understand his side on another topic and see how we can relate uh elmo's opinions on black lives matter okay so okay so dr carlson on this issue i don't know all the details but i'm going to assume that elmo came out publicly in support of black lives matter and tucker carlson had a problem with that because uh because he probably hates black people okay now we understand his side uh tucker carlson doesn't like black people and he wants fake characters that he looks up to like elmo to uh hate black people too but unfortunately elmo who was like created and slash voiced by a black guy (laughs) I don't know if he invented it, but I know he was originally voiced by a black guy. Um, uh, I don't even know where to go over here. Um, and also, Elmo's dad looks just like Guy Fieri. If you didn't know that, Google that. I'm not going to pull it up here. Um, so I guess we figured out his opinion on that. Carl- Tucker Carlson hates black people, and he wishes fake characters like Elmo... Uh, hate black people too okay so uh next is the dr seuss um so the argument he went with is that they're canceling dr seuss like they're trying to get rid of dr seuss in the history and uh so i get when when you say that uh considering because i'm i'm a big believer in um you don't support the artist but you can still enjoy their art assuming that art doesn't uh oh. assuming the, the said art isn't about the bad thing they did or the reason why you shouldn't support them anymore like like honestly i feel like you should we should still be able to watch the cosby show anyways but don't support bill cosby anymore because the way he did and uh and uh his art are different like michael jackson all of michael jackson's songs are completely separate from anything he could have done that i'm not gonna get into um but r kelly he um all his songs were about everything he did and uh, maybe you shouldn't listen to r kelly as much as i enjoy his songs about <laughs> bump and grind i believe i can fly I meaning you could do anything with an underage woman i believe i could touch the sky makes uh the first space jam a little difficult um but yeah, so he's assuming they're canceling Dr. Seuss, when in reality, what they were doing is they uh, stopped reprinting certain Dr. Seuss books. Um, one, because they were kind of racist. Uh, and two, they didn't sell very well. I would say you could have just went with, a, these aren't selling very well. Um, and he wouldn't have had a problem. But I think this is also because he's a little racist. Now, those first two examples in this article prove that he's just racist. That's all it proved. Um but uh, with this third one, it's like it's like I was sexually aroused by this Eminem, and they took that away from me, and now I'm upset, and that's why he's going out. So I actually feel like this rant is a little bit more justified than every other rant he's had. He's like, I want to jerk off to this cartoon Eminem, and now I can't, and I blame you, Hershey's, for not allowing me to jerk off to this Eminem. I think that's all I really have to say on this. I think I'm 
going on way too fucking long in this. So, uh, yeah, uh, here's to feeling good all the time, drinking cold brew and a metal straw, which I learned that if you're drinking out of a metal straw, you can't just shove it into your mouth like a plastic one, because the plastic one won't hurt, but this metal one uh, could damage your teeth and knock them out. So here's to feeling caffeinated all the time. Okay. All right, this is from NBC News. Taylor Swift slams Blur frontman's claim that she doesn't write her own songs as false. Taylor Swift hits back at a music industry peer for claiming she doesn't write her own songs, dismissing her contributions to her music as co-writing. Damon Albarn, Barn, songwriter and frontman of the band Blur, uh, and side note, also one of the guys behind the Gorillas, the cartoon band, um told the Los Angeles Times in an interview published Sunday that much of the modern music is probably because of the sound and the attitude behind it rather than the song being good. Uh, when the interviewer mentioned Swift as an example of an excellent songwriter, Albans responded that she doesn't write her own songs. I know what co-writing is, Auburn said. Co-writing is very different to writing. I'm not hating on anyone. I'm just saying there's a big difference between a songwriter and a songwriter who co-writes. Swift, who has been credited as a songwriter on all of her studio albums, responded to his comment on Twitter. She said she was once a fan of Albarn, uh, but even if he didn't like her songs, he didn't have to discredit her work. I write all of my own songs. Swift said, your hot take is complete false and so damaging. Albarn replied to Swift on Twitter saying the greater conversation he had with her at the interviewer was reduced to clickbait. I apologize unreservedly unconditionally, Albarn wrote. The last thing I would want to do is discredit your songwriting. I hope you understand. In 2010, Swift released her third album, Speak Now, as the sole credited songwriter. It was nominated for a Grammy for Best Country Album, and her song Mean won Best Country Song and Best Country Solo Performance. Swift told Rolling Stone in 2019 that she took on the entire album specifically as a reaction to comments about whether she wrote her own music. She also addressed those who doubted her songwriting success in her 2019 assessment speech for Billboard's Woman of the Decade Award. Swift said she saw how people try to explain away a woman's success. I saw as a female in the industry, some people will always have slight reservations about you, Swift said. Whether you deserve to be there, whether a male producer or co-writer is the reason for your success, or whether it was sa a savvy record label. It wasn't. I'm very First of all, I can't imagine, I can't think of any Blur songs on my head. And I have to imagine they only have like one good song, if that's the case. Um, second, um, the Gorillas. They have like Feel Good Ink, and I think they have another one, and I that I can't remember at the moment, which says a lot about who the gorillas are. My camera just shook. Uh, just kick my desk again. Okay, we. It says a lot about you as an artist, but I could name you could I could not be a Taylor Swift fan. I could probably name like five Taylor Swift songs off the top of my head, but. I know I can't I can't name a single Blur song off the top of my head, and uh, I can't think of any any more than Feel Good Ink, and I think you may have one other good song too. Um, and the fact that your cartoons was cool for like one album, but you kept they kept going. Um, I don't think the Gorillas are that good, uh, and I don't think the idea of a cartoon band is cool at all. And they had like a TV show on MTV I tried watching, and it was literal toilet humor, like. It, you know it's bad toilet humor when I don't like it, because I love that shit. Like a Seth Rogen movie, I love. Um, most of everything, most of my 
most of my, most of my TikTok is just garbage. People are like, I need a TikTok girlfriend because I want to lick her pussy. And I'm like, okay, buddy, you're going on a little too strong there. Um, other than that, yeah, I feel like, yeah, you don't have anything. And the big, the big thing I'll have to say in regards to this, this statement you said, um, first of all, let's discredit your work because I don't think you have a lot of good work. Um, you picked like the worst person, uh, to pick in the co-writing field because Taylor is very, very smart about how she writes her lyrics. And anytime you see, and let's be honest here, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you a little industry secret about music and, or about songwriting. Um, a lot of times if you see, uh, two writers on a song, but also one of those writers was also the producer on the song. There's a good chance that the producer just made the music and the artist wrote the lyrics. Uh, it's usually how it goes. Uh, you typically get co-writing credit because technically you wrote the music and uh, legally it's a lot easier to just deal with that. And uh, everyone gets credit. It's just an easier situation. Uh, you kind of have to be like one of the literal worst peoples in the world. Um, if that doesn't happen, a lot of times they're in the room together making the song, not just like, and a lot of times the artist is usually the one working on lyrics over the music. Music is usually the producer. That's most of the time. Sometimes you see like five people on the list. That's, that's co-writing. That's a hundred percent co-writing. Um, and, uh, sometimes and, like, it's very rare. I see like song written by me, uh, produced by them. Cause it's, it's just a weird, weirder situation. Sometimes I do that. I don't know. What well, I mean, I'm just going to say that a little secret for all of you don't know that a lot of times if you see two people who wrote a song, but one of those people is the producer, means one one person probably wrote lyrics, one person made the music. They're usually more focused on the music in the session than they are with writing lyrics. FYI. Um, so very, very stupid. Like you pick like the worst artist. Like, why don't you just go after, like, Elton John? You know, Elton John doesn't write any of his lyrics. Why don't you go after Elvis Presley? He doesn't write any of his own music. But you pick Taylor Swift, who has been proven to write her own music and even released an album that she was the only songwriter on. So, literally the worst example you could have put up. Um, so, uh, do what I do. Make, make sure you back up your dumbass statements. And then maybe one day you could be... Wish you were a better man. And did you know that Taylor wrote that song? And I listened to it for the first time on the red Taylor's version. But uh, some other band. Uh, what, what is that band? Well, Better Man. Who was the one? I know that dorky ass band with a girl with a big, little big town. That chick with like the really big hair. Though that band's such a dork. FYI, I just think little, their music's fine. They're fine. They're great musicians. They're kind of dorky. I'm just saying that. That's all I'm saying. And I should probably move on. Jonah Hill shows off Black Eye escalates feud with Baby Yoda. It's from page six. Our friends who wrote about Angelina Jolie eating a hot dog. Uh, it's not easy being green. Jonah Hill is fanning the flames of the Hollywood feud with Baby Yoda. The Don't Look Up star 38 showed off a shine shiner on Instagram that he got while surfing in Hawaii, joking in a video Tuesday, I'm going to say this once and once only. The black eye is from my surfboard. It is not from a fist fight I got with Baby Yoda because of our falling out. In the captions of the post, he further explained that being said, I do officially challenge Baby Yoda to a at vers versus TV battle. 
and at Disney Plus definitely did not pay me off to protect the fact that one of her, their marquee stars has a big mouth and would definitely catch hands if he didn't sucker punch me with his little baby green fist. The cockamamie clash between the stars of Superbad and Star Wars emerged when Hill told W Magazine in a profile this month that his friend and regular co-star Leonardo DiCaprio made me watch The Mandalorian when we were making Don't Look Up and it was like Baby Yoda was so cute but I just didn't give a fuck because I didn't know anything about anything that it was about. Hill's less than enthusiastic take on the Disney Plus Star Wars spinoff went viral in Variety posted the story title Jonah Hill says Leonardo DiCaprio forced him to watch The Mandalorian but I didn't give a fuck. Last week along with a split image of Tessy looking Hill and he seemingly insulted baby Yoda. Hill pointed out via Instagram of the variety story they're literally trying to create a beef between me and baby Yoda. I'm getting ahead of it. I want to say this once <laughs> once on the record officially. Baby Yoda and I are dear friends and text at least once a week. We may not be text every day type of friends and yes COVID put a strain on our friendship but we are all good and that's all I will say on this matter. Now please respect her privacy at this time. Baby Yoda was, has yet to comment. An avid surfer who has been vacationing in Hawaii with girlfriend Sarah Brady Hill seems to have had a run in with his surfboard resulting in a shiner but took the opportunity to have some more fun escalating the Baby Yoda feud. Now we can only hope that the two stars, real and imagined, partake in a battle on Versus, the web series created by Timbaland and Swizz Beats, in which celebs go head-to-head -head in music battles with compelling playlists. Mega producer Mark Bronson has even volunteered to back Hill in the battle by commenting on his post, if you need a DJ. Comedian Blake Anderson, meanwhile, posted a comment on Hill's feed joking of the feud's genesis and the Baby Yoda character actual name. It's the subtle disrespect. He has a name. It's Grogu. Hill then called Page Six out of Instagram for reporting on the pretend beef in his humorous post. Yes, we do know the feud's a joke. Jeez. First of all, we got. I got to get some things out in front of me before I go any further on this. We need to stop calling Grogu Baby Yoda. They revealed it made it was okay in season one of The Mandalorian and half of season two, but then they revealed Grogu is this the child's name, and everyone keeps fucking calling him Baby Yoda. We need to start calling Grogu Grogu. Stop calling Grogu Baby Yoda. It makes no sense that we're still calling Grogu Baby Yoda when we have a name for said character. Start calling him Grogu, or shut the fuck up. That's all I have to say on that. Second of all, um, I know me and Jonah Hill look alike, and I also have the same theory as you that's going on in your head. Uh, at some point, me and Jonah Hill were at once one singular person. Uh, we split off. As most of you know, Jonah Hill is one of the nicest people to ever exist on Earth, uh, and I'm the worst, as some would say. So it makes sense that we split off into two separate people. And uh, we need to meet each other again to combine back. I know we do look the same, but you know we, we both know that we need to get back together. But I don't know, we like Jonah Hill. Do we want like this new version that's like a normal person? Or do you just want asshole me and then real Jonah Hill? Just regular Jonah Hill. What's, your, what are your, uh, what's everyone's thoughts on that? Okay, that's like hard to not go into for that very well. Um, anyways, though, I'm down for this beef. Um, 
sometimes beef is what's for dinner and beef is good. So, um, yeah, I'm down, I'm down for this shit. Let's, let's keep this going. Our last article for previous week right now, Tom Holland was so nervous to meet Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield for the first time that he asked Zendaya to come with him and be his support system. This is from BuzzFeed News. I know, I know, I know it's BuzzFeed, okay? I just needed articles for this week, okay? Sorry we went to BuzzFeed. The date of the other Spider-Mans are coming was etched on my calendar, and you know, the closer I got, the more and more nervous I was. It turns out that even Spider-Man gets nervous, and can we blame him? Now that No Way Home has been out for the world for a while, all three Spider-Man actors have finally come together to lift the lids on exactly what went down behind the scenes of their iconic crossover. Sitting down for their first interview as a trio, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield discussed the surreal experience of meeting on set for the first time. It was daunting. It was very daunting, Tom said. We were a long way into shooting before Toby and Andrew showed up. You know, we were maybe three months into principal photography. Like any superfan, Tom revealed that he had been counting down the days until he'd finally get to shoot with his Peter Parker predecessors, but went on to say that as the big day edged closer, edged closer, they're edging, uh, closer, the reality stars rally started to set in. The day of the other Spider-Mans are coming was etched on my calendar and I was getting closer and closer and closer. And you know, the closer I got, the more and more nervous I was, he said. Of course, the prospect of making cinematic history is bound to be nerve-wracking, but luckily, Spider-Man can always call upon the help of Ned and MJ. At our reverse rehearsal with Toby and Andrew, I had, I had asked Jacob and Zendaya to come with... <laughs> Well, come with me to just kind of be there as like my support system. He said, referring to his friend Jacob Adelon and girlfriend Zendaya, who are both starring in the movie too. So just when we could be more obsessed with them, it sounds like Zendaya and Jacob were an integral part in helping Tom keep his cool, especially with two other Spider-Men to face. Uh, like, I'm going to meet these guys. I'm really nervous about it. He said, recalling the stress of the first encounter with Toby and Andrew, you had to read the scene and I don't know how this was going to go. He went on, we're all playing the same character and we all have to bring our own kind of heart and soul into this. And you know, it means a lot to them and it means a lot to me. So Jacob and Zendaya were there on that first day. Despite the many concerns, I think we can safely say that things wound up going pretty well for Tom. Thanks to a little support from two of his closest companions. Given that they're perhaps the busiest couple in Hollywood, it wasn't long before Tom was able to return the favor and step in to support Zendaya. When she's not in Marvel, in the Marvel Universe as MJ, Zendaya is known for her role as Rue Bennett on the hit HBO series Euphoria. If you've seen Euphoria, you'll know that her character is wildly different from any of the others she's played before, and she tackles some pretty dark themes. With that in mind, it was no surprise to hear that Tom spent a lot of time on set cheering her on. I must have come to visit Euphoria at least 30 times this season, he said during an interview in December, not long before fans spotted him in the background of a Euphoria cast photo. And so in real life, just as on screen, we know that Spider-Man and MJ are the ultimate duo. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's weird... I don't know. It's a weird situation because, you know, I guess those are the only three people who've really played Spider-Man in a movie. So, like, I guess it would be nervous to do that. And I guess, you know, be nervous too. And I guess, I guess you have a nervous, like, I, and I guess there's a weird seniority to it because, like, they've done it before you. And so it's like, you want their approval and shit like that. But I don't know. I feel it's funny that he needed Jacob and Zendaya to go with him. And, uh, Ride or die, fucking bitch. Yeah. First of all, ride or die, bitch. 
I also need to watch Euphoria, apparently. It looks really good. I want to I'll talk about it on this show, too. Um, but anyways, though, um, yeah, really cool. I think uh, I want that to come out on uh, digital so I can buy it and watch it again and again. So, yeah. Did you know that 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten? I did, and I don't think that is very cash money, considering $218 billion is the exact dollar amount being thrown away. But now, I know you're asking yourself, what can I do to help? Well, today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to solve that problem. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In moments I'm stingy with my diet, I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here's the best part. When you sign up using the link in the description, you get an $80 credit. Holy guacamole from the avocados you can get from Imperfect Food. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Help stop food waste and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. You all know that I'm built different, but I bet you are coming to me to learn how to be built different as well. The only way to be built different is to get yourself supplements from today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. I know a lot of you have been asking me in the last couple, maybe years, weeks, hours, what do you determine to be the perfect woman? Now, I know I've said Brie Larson, but I also don't know Brie Larson in person. I only know her from her uh, her movies. And uh, therefore, I can't tell she is a perfect candidate. What I can tell you, though, uh, from who I am, what? that um, I've dated a lot of really good-looking women. Now, I'm not trying to brag. I'm just trying to say a point. But at the end of the day, what I've realized, though, is that just because... Someone is drop-dead gorgeous does not mean that they are wife material or could even be considered the perfect woman. Like I said, I like I have been saying for a long, long time at this point, uh, you know, a pretty face can go a long way, but um, when someone bores the fuck out of you, uh, there's only so far you can go with that. Therefore, I as your favorite person on the planet, have created a little chart that I will put up here uh, helping me to determine uh, the idea of the perfect woman. So um, let's just jump right into it. Let's just jump into it. 
So this is Shweezy's Perfect Woman scale. So hopefully, um, if you are an audio listener, you may want to go check out the highlight to this. Or look at my Instagram to look at the graph. At least one of the two to determine everything. So I put it to two determining factors. I put attractiveness. That's on the x-axis. I assume x is the one that goes up up and down, and then uh, y-axis, the one goes left to right. One of the two. The one that goes vertical, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've taken a math class, or a math class that involved me to remember x and y axes. So um, on the vertical axis, we have attractiveness, and on the uh, horizontal axis, we have personality. So on the personality, to the left of it, we have boring, and to the right of it, we have amazing. Uh, on the attractiveness scale, is a little bit different. On the very bottom, we have hot. And ugly, we have uh, at the very top. So if we look at this, if you're looking at this, hopefully you're looking at my Instagram, at the Shweezy, or you're actually watching this right now. You can see here um, from this graph that um, it's going up from a good... 45 degree angle very perfect 45 degree angle how do i know this i made this graph in photoshop and i made sure that i was 45 degree angle of going up so um looking at this you know kind of looking at the map so someone is super hot like the hottest that they will ever be in there uh one of the hottest people that ever walked this earth they are at you know they're at the very left but however they're so hot that they're boring as fuck and I bet you anything, some really hot women are going to be very upset that I'm calling them boring. But um, here, here's what I will tell you. Look at that charcuterie board that you're thinking about. Talk about a charcuterie board to yourself and realize that I don't give a shit. Um, so you see, the hotter you are, the more boring you are. However, uh, the more ugly you are, we look at that, on that side of the chart, the more... the. Like, uh, the more ugly you are, the better your personality is. So, uh, there's here's the thing. So, not everyone can be me. I am perfect. I am both. For men, there is, uh, you gotta be smart, you gotta be attractive, and you gotta be funny. And I'm just all of it. I'm the perfect catch. We've already established that I am the perfect catch. Um, however, this is for men who want to be with women. So, uh, Sorry for anyone who doesn't fall into that category. Maybe I will make another chart for you. Um, or not. I might not give a shit. So, so here's the thing, though. So, let's say you meet a woman who... You gotta look, because when you determine someone's great personality to their looks, there is something, because sometimes if you're just born really good-looking, uh, you never have to develop a personality. Everything just comes easy to you. Life comes easy to you. And life is everything that you want it to be. So therefore, um, you'd never have to develop a personality. However, when you're ugly, as you see on the chart here, you have to develop a personality for people to like you because they're not interested in your looks. That's just, I mean, that's that's what happens. And uh, Let's go full throttle. Feel like a woman, a real woman. This is the type of guy you get. Three sound drives from this guy, and I finally I picked the third one out of the third time. Um... So yeah, so like if you're mean ugly, I mean you had to develop a good personality. So the trick is, I will always say here on this striding slope. So you, do you want to date that hot person? 
No. You, some of you are thinking right now, I can deal with her being super boring because all I do have to look is look at her. The problem is, though, that relationships require communication. And uh, I wasn't the inventor of that. That's just how humans work. Uh, we need that communication to work. So realize in relationships, you have to communicate. Therefore, um, that boring personality is going to drive you fucking insane. Um, now, however, going to the opposite side, you meet that amazing personality. Uh, her, she's just so great. So you can talk to her for hours. So much fun. Uh, it's just every day. You're never bored. However, your pee pee can't get hard because of her looks. And that is also a problem for a man. So the trick is you kind of want to fall somewhere on the middle. Now, uh, depending on your preference, um, for me, I would say I want that perfect middle. That's me. I would love that perfect middle. I want someone who makes my pee-pee hard and also I have a lot of fun with. They're fun to be around. They're hot. And uh, uh, we can talk about shit because uh, I talk a lot. Therefore, I need someone on the other end to listen. So you kind of need a little good back and forth. So I would like, I prefer that perfect spot right in the middle of that graph. So that's, that's me. Um, this is the type of guy you get. However, I know every guy is built different, unlike me. I am the ultimate built different. You're more built different, dot, 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 from me. So maybe, maybe you, maybe you would go lean a little bit for left side of this grad. You would rather have someone who's a little bit more good looking and just, you know, deal with this personality. Now, you don't want them to be all the way at the very right at the bottom. You don't want them to be there. You want them maybe maybe a little bit off from hot. Maybe in, when you look at the middle of this ma this graph, you know, you can maybe lean a little bit more to the left where they're really hot. However, you have to deal with them putting live, laugh, love signs in your living room, the uh, bless this mess in the bathroom or whatever boring white women do. Um, I just realized I said white women. This goes for all races. This is just for all straight people. Um, straight men... I'm looking for women. So you got that. So maybe you can deal with that because you would rather, because uh, you would rather, you would, you'd be more okay dealing with a boring personality than uh, an ugly person. So that's there. However, maybe you're a guy who um, is not necessarily the perfect catch. Um, lucky for you, um, like I said, I'm, I'm wanting somewhere in the middle. You can go to the right a little bit. You know, a little bit to the right there. Well, where she's not turning heads um, she is turning your dick from soft to hard. And, uh, that is also a perfect scenario for you. So I think the real lesson I'm trying to say here in regards to, uh, my Sweezy's Perfect Woman scale is the, is the situation, um, the extremes here. So to the far left and the far right of this graph, you, you don't want someone, you don't want a woman who is both super hot, but boring as hell. You also don't want a woman who is ugly with a great personality. You gotta try to meet somewhere in the middle. Now, uh, like I always say, aim for this middle middle area, um, and then you may have to swing a little bit left or a little bit right, uh, depending on what's more important to you. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I find the solid middle ground is the perfect place to be. And what you need to decide is, um, what you really need to look for is someone whose personality you really like. I would say go for the personality first and then figure out 
does she make my PP hard? Because she can do that. That is your perfect woman. That's how you determine who the perfect woman for you is. So this is end of the segment, more of like a science math lesson with Shweezy. Uh, maybe we'll do more in the future. However, I have to come up with lesson plans and other things. And there's a lot of TV I have to watch, folks. So all, not all, sci- all scientific discoveries, as you all know, come in between uh, TV. Um, the Learning Channel, The Learning Channel, TLC, The Learning Channel with 90 Day Fiance, Before the 90 Days, which is on right now, and uh, whatever the hell Netflix is pooping out. Uh, we, we, you know, scientific discoveries are found in between watching TV. And I feel very good about that situation. So, uh, come on, Mark, don't be stingy. Next thing I want to talk about here, this, this is, uh, this is, this, this is something I just found, discovered today as, uh, as a human being. Are we, are we, did I not have a lot of cool things planned this week? Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, though, um, so I'm going to try to ease my way back into dieting a little bit. Um, but one thing I realize with, uh, dieting, so, you know, I weighed myself today, luckily in, in an okay spot. I, I've, I've been on the bad end before and I'm like, please don't be, there was a certain weight limit I want to get into. And I was like, please don't be over that. And I wasn't, and I was like, oh, thank God. Um, the perfect view of not drinking all the time. If you want to be not fat, don't drink all the time because it doesn't help. And then sometimes you don't, you're like, I'm eating way too much. But then you're like, you're going to eat way too much when you drink too. It's just, that's not even better. So anyways, though, so I'm, uh, I'm kind of easing my way back into it. I've learned, and I think this is a good lesson for everyone, <coughs> that you shouldn't like just go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Into dieting and exercising. You kind of ease your way into it. So maybe start with, you know, I'm starting with counting my calories and I'll probably figure out better meal, meal more prepping my meals and everything like that, just to get a little bit better there. And then I'll probably go into exercising and stuff like that. You just gotta, you can't do it all at once because it's hard to start up, like that's too much going on at once. You have to ease your way back into that better lifestyle. So I'm easing my way back to uh, being healthy and built, built better different. You know, sometimes you're built different. Sometimes you have to maintain that built differentality. And so that's what I'm doing right now. So uh, I feel like, so apparently, I found like Tucker, Tucker Carlson. So apparently I found the liberal agenda. And I found, um, no, I'm not going to do that. So I had a box of, so I'm starting, basically, I'm ba- basically that all rant is that I am starting back on counting calories. And so I put them in like the My Plate app on my iPhone. And uh, yeah, it's a great app. I think it's free for everyone. Um, there's like a full version. I'm not paying for that full version. So definitely I'm not sponsored by them at all. So uh, f- you can use any other app. I don't give a fuck. So um, yeah, so I've, I've I had this, there's a box of Nutty Bars I had and I'm like, I got to finish all these off. This is not going to be good. So I'm like, you know, I decided to put that into my, uh, put it back into my uh, diet. So I put them in there. I'm like, even if you go over your calorie count for the day, you still got to put them in the app. So I put them in, put them in the app. And uh, let me pull up the nutrition information. Uh, I'll put it up right here. Um, A lot of things I have a problem with. So it says, uh, the serving is for like one cookie. I always assume like it's a wafer. 
Um, but if you didn't know about Nutty Bars, uh, if you've never eaten a Nutty Bar before, uh, they're wrapped in plastic in two. So this serving size is... Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, it's hard to do it with... Uh, you know, like Oreos, like three Oreos or whatever, I mean, you're going to eat a sleeve. And so at what point, like, why don't you just put the sleeve of Oreos as the serving size? You know what that is. Even if it looks bad, like you're lowering, you're lowering the serving size down because the serve necessarily, um, the nutritional information is valid. But however, the serving size is like a little bit subjective. It's like, we're going to do one cookie wafer thing on this nutty bar. And, um, yeah, but they come in packages of two. Like, you're not going to open one and leave the other one to go stale. If you're a real human being, you're going to eat both of them. So why not put the serving size as both, both of them in there? Because no one's just going to eat one and put it away. So that's the thing. So when you, when I don't know, I don't know how to get to Little Debbie, uh, the company Little Debbie. And I'm going to tell everyone this right now. If I start dating a woman named Debbie, uh, you better believe I'm going to be, I'm going to end up in my 600 pound life. 100% I'm going to end up on my 600 pound life. I don't think I made I don't think I made that decision. I think the world made that decision for me that if I date a woman named Debbie, uh maybe she's a junior so they call her little Debbie, <laughs> I'm going to end up on my 600 pound life. That's just I don't have that I don't have control over that situation unfortunately, but uh anyways though. So, I'm just like, you know, you can control, you know, when you, when you're making the nutrition information you can determine the serving size. So say you only eat half of something. I'd rather divide in half than have to multiply by two because that makes you feel worse. So make so anyone out there who works for these companies, put the serving size on what someone's actually going to eat, what to properly eat as a snack, because I'm not going to open a wrapper of Nutty Bars and eat just one of those when there's two in the package. You're going to eat both of those, and then you'll be like, you know what, I could go for another one. Then you open up another one, you finish that, and you're like, I could go for another one as well. Then you open that other one up, and uh, the the rest is history. And uh, so I don't make those rules. I, I don't know who was um, that, but all I can say is... Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. Just a lot of bullshit going on with the... Little Debbie's company. I'm just, I'm just saying, make the serving size of what people are actually going to eat. Okay. I'm not, I'm not crazy for thinking about that. So I am watching every live action MCU show on Disney plus, uh, from 2021. And this week I rewatched Falcon and the winter soldier. So, I was never, and like, you know, when you go through the comics and shit like that, like, I'm never, I was never really much of a Captain America fan, and I don't even think a lot of people were, like, huge Captain America fans unless you're like, I love America, therefore I love Captain America. Um, so, but I, I think the Russo brothers and all the people at the MCU have really just, like, went over and above and beyond making Captain America such a great character inside the MCU, and, uh, even one of my skins on Fortnite, therefore... That's, I mean, that says a lot that I play Captain America's Fortnite, where you can, you know, now follow me uh, on uh, Shweezy Live on Facebook, where I stream video games a lot of times with Fortnite and Pokemon. Um, so, yeah, so, and I'm glad that they're, you know, they're building off this Captain America story 
uh, with Sam Wilson becoming the new Captain America. That's basically what this whole series about was Sam Wilson becoming the new Captain America and uh, Bucky Barnes learning to uh, to move on from his life as the Winter Soldier, trying to process that shit. So, and so after Avengers Endgame, and they made that five year time jump with a blip. None of these other shows really went over in detail what would happen in the world if all of a sudden, um, you know, say half of the world population goes away. Um, they they kind of went over that in Endgame, like how that happened, and then they brought everyone back. And so they never really processed how, uh, what's, well, all the bad things that would happen. Because is it worse that half of the people in the world go away, or is it worse if double the population comes back. So, something like that. So, yada, yada, yada. You kind of get my drift, right? You get what I'm trying to say. So, you know, this is the only show that really went over that. Hawkeye went over a little bit, but Hawkeye was a little bit more focused on what Clint Barton did in that five-year period uh, when he, because he became a bad person in that time. And now it's, uh, yeah, but this show really went over it, especially with the villain motivations, because, you know, a lot of times... Uh, when you talk about like superhero movies, or I mean, Marvel is different than most superhero movies because they're not superhero movies; they're genre movies that involve superheroes. So, um, this went over it. The villain motivation was everyone. The world is a better place during the blip because it was like open borders and society all tried to help out everyone, which like so much reminds me of like the beginning of the pandemic where everyone decided they want to be good people and just try to help other people out as much as possible, not just try to stab everyone in the back like it used to be. So, I mean, I always thought that was just super interesting in how that happened. Uh, so, um, what was I going to say? So, yeah, and I think it was super interesting. Um, you know, Sam Wilson just, Anthony Mackie portrays him perfectly. Like, when you think about the perfect person to play Falcon, I think, uh, Anthony Mackie is the perfect choice, especially with uh, Sam Wilson as a character. Uh, we go to that scene where uh, they're like, we know Carly is going to be at this funeral for Mama Donia, I believe is her name. And so instead of trying to go in and attack her, or try to arrest her and shit like that, like you would assume someone would do, Sam Wilson, a formal, like uh, a former, uh, uh, it was, what was it, like a VA support counseling, you know, like, you know, for people who are in war, you know, because um, that war shit's crazy, and that's why I'm really not looking forward, you know, I heard, you know, you hear about, like, going to war again and stuff like that, I'm like, I'm not looking forward to it, because it's just a bunch of rich old guys uh, making, like, young 18-year-olds, like, get PTSD and shit, so I think Sam's really interested, it's really interesting, like, he just went in there, no uniform, no gear, or anything, just went in there, be like, all right, Carly, let's just talk, and he's just trying to meet her on her side, tell her what she's doing, kind of try to explain her what's wrong with that, but also kind of agree with her, like, yeah, you have a lot of good points, too, and I think, you know, I, you know, I have a somewhat of a voice, maybe I can try and do something about it, and, you know, that, and then, obviously, Cap, John Walker comes in, and, uh, uh, I think, you know, John Walker was a phenomenal character, too, um, which I say, a lot, it's easier to do this with characters you hate, because if they do, if the actor does a really good job on a character you're supposed to hate, like, you hate that actor, too, and you're like, that means they were really good actors. Uh, the woman who played Dolores Umbridge in uh, Harry Potter, like, 100%. Like, you see her in other stuff, and you're like, Ugh. And we're like, oh, yeah, she's just a really good actor. And uh, that's why, you know, so I think, you know, Found in the Winter Soldier, such a great series. And I think 
definitely something you should watch. But a lot of people don't like it as much, but I do. I like it a lot more in WandaVision, I will say that. With WandaVision, nothing goes on. Like in the half, half of that show, nothing goes on. Um, unrelated thoughts I had that don't pertain to any opinions that you can have on the show. Um, how the fuck did that senator just give away Captain America's shield to John Walker when Sam donated it to Captain America Smithsonian? Like, exhibit, like, that's a lot of bullshit. Like, how fucking dirty you doing Sam Wilson like that? So, Captain America gave Sam Wilson that shield. Sam Wilson thought it was the best idea to, like, you know, donate it, put it in a museum for Captain America. And I think it just should have stayed there. I'm like, we're going to remember Captain America, how great of a person he was, like that. Then the senator goes behind his fucking back. He's like, here, we're going to give the shield to John Walker. Like, don't you think Sam Wilson would have something to say about that, you dumbass? The fact that Sam didn't punch that dude in the face in the, the final episode of the series is makes is the reason why he's a good hero. Um, another thought: don't you don't you kind of feel if you watch the show that John Walker should have been racist? I don't I don't know. I felt like that he should have been like a racist character. I just got the vibe that he should have been. But then he has like a black wife slash girlfriend. I don't know if they ever really go over that. And then his a black best friend Battlestar. So I thought that was weird. Um, I was I just feel like John Walker should have been kind of racist, but. Uh, uh, he's definitely not. I would assume definitely not. Um, the, the final, the final unrelated thought I have. So Steve Rogers, the serum he took, uh, made him from like a scrawny little kid to like huge jacked Chris Evans. Uh, but this new serum that they go over during the show, uh, doesn't change what your body looks like at all, but it makes you like, gives you all the same super soldier powers. So wouldn't you want the ripped serum? Wouldn't you want to get ripped? You don't want the... I don't think you would want the um, the one... Like, I don't want to look like this and be like, I can punch people now. I'm like, I, I want to be ripped. That's my goal in life. So, overall, I would say um, that Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, probably... I haven't rated it yet. I would either say it's my second or third favorite series, Disney Plus live-action series. I'm debating on it. Maybe when I go over the one I actually think should be two or three, the other one, uh, which I'm going to keep a surprise, um, I'll kind of make a more unanimous decision then. Uh, but overall, I do think that uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is great, especially if you're a fan of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done with the Captain America storyline. Uh, this is a great continuation on that and a great uh, history or theology on legacy in regards to that. So it's really cool. So... Um, like I said, don't be stingy and, uh, go watch it out now on Disney+. Plus. When an enemy shoots at you, you pull out your Captain America shield. When Doc Ock attacks you on a bridge, you control the nanobots from your iron spider suit to control his arms. So why are you allowing all these websites to store your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or 
or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed at any time, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. But wait, there's more. By using our link in the description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Anything can be delivered to you these days. Beds, bananas, bricks, and even boxes of beans. But what about alcohol? Yes, even alcohol can be delivered to you thanks to today's sponsor, Drizzly. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it is being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our link in the description today, you can save $5 off your first purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So as a doctor doing doctor things does doctor things i will do sweezy things and solve all your problems and uh, as our boy phil defranco would say let's just jump into it so let's just jump into it okay uh first question i am seeing here um how are we supposed to shop local when the local shops don't have the things we need? My sister and I just spent three hours looking for hats and gloves around here, and no one has them in stock. Off to Amazon again, I guess. I feel bad about it because you're always hearing how you're supposed to buy everything from local shops to keep them in business, but I find that about 75% of the time, they don't have what I need. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's actually a very good like thing to say, like... Um, that's why it's so weird. It's like, I need this small, very specific thing. Uh, I know Amazon's going to have it. You'd, you'd want to, you know, buy it from like someone local. Like, you know, you want to support your community and shit like that or support like, support anyone but Jeff Bezos or Walmart or whatever the fuck else you need. So, um, just like, messing with my hair. Gotta make sure my hair looks good. That's the only thing that matters. And to the show is my hair. That's what you come here for. So, um, yeah. Um, so one of the ideas, there's a couple things. Uh, I know with food and stuff like that, you, there's farmers everywhere. Um, worst case scenario, go on farmersonly.com. <laughs> um, but, uh, another thing I need to do, you said, uh, you know, you said you need like hats and shit like that. You said, so hats and gloves. Um, one thing you can always do, um, go on Etsy and buy things. So you think of like, I like to do this. Like, so you think of like, I, I've done this many times. Okay. Um, I have a blockbuster shirt. This is blockbuster on it. And that's why I wanted a blockbuster shirt. And so I was like, I want to get a blockbuster shirt. And so 
First place I went to was Etsy because Etsy is supposed to be like people creating things and selling it. That's the whole purpose of Etsy and that's what Etsy's for. A lot of times these Etsy people aren't big corporations. Sometimes they are and you may, if you really want to be intentional, uh, take a look here. A lot of times they're just like small, like screen printing, knitting, uh, candles. I don't, I don't buy candles, but I assume you can do that. So a lot of times Etsy I think is a good idea in situations like this because Etsy – uh, will have what you need. It, it's a lot like Amazon. They will have what you need, and uh, you have more of a benefit uh, in most of the time buying from a small creator over some sweatshop in China or um, Amazon, stuff like that. So I like to buy, if I think of a graphic tee I want, I type it into Etsy and get it for two stickers too. Uh, a lot of great sticker makers on Etsy as well. So you want a custom sticker. Sometimes you can even get custom shit made on Etsy uh, and stuff like that. So I always think that that is always a great place to go to, to, you know, not have to shop at the big corporate, uh, evil corporate people over at Amazon or Walmart and stuff like that. So like I said, I think that Etsy is the great place to do it. Um, going for food, I think I mentioned, I think I went off topic there, but farmers are everywhere. So you can, if you need, like if you have the freezer space, you can always try to buy like beef and stuff from them, and a lot of times they sell other things. Farmers markets usually a lot of uh, local growers and shit like that. They're really good at selling shit. So, yeah. Um, sometimes uh, I know a lot of times like it may not be from your community, uh, so always try to look through your community first and see what you can find, and then after that, Etsy and your farmers market and other shit like that, and then meet some farmers. That's why. Never talk shit about farmers. You make fun of country people all you want. They're bumpkins. But never make fun of farmers, for at least for farming. Because you got because they're the ones who have food. And when the world goes to shit, you want them on your side. Because food is one of those things, or especially is one of those resources. Always even someone of a good investment as well. Because uh, we're always going to eat. And so always investing in something food-related can always be a good idea. Restaurants are a little iffy because they could backfire on you, but... Uh, farmers, like, most of the time, there's always a good investment. So I always say I go for the farmers. Uh, we are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. So I think that's all I really have to say on that. So, yeah, let's move on. Goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. Okay. How are there people who are illiterate in modern day first world countries? Most of these countries have mandatory education, even if you didn't learn how to read there somehow. Wouldn't you either teach yourself or honestly just figure it out from simple exposure? Things like spelled out brand names like Target or Walmart, memes with auditory and written captions, texting speech to text software, subtitles, etc. are all over the place. I feel like you'd have to have no excuse for being illiterate unless you have had a learning disorder or something. There's also libraries with everything from baby books to epics to almost every community. Okay, so we're not talking about anyone with learning disability. We're just going to start off there. And I'm not going to take that heat, okay? That's what we're, we're not talking about any of those people. Um, I've worked some customer service jobs, and I can tell you uh, it's surprising. You, you hear about like the, the, the stats on how many people are illiterate, and you're like, that can't be true. And then you talk to a lot of people, especially who work jobs that don't require you to know how to read. You'd be surprised. And... Uh, so I think people I think I think the real problem could be now 
people who are smarter than me, well, that which is going to be very hard to find. So people who are smarter than me, dot, 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 in this field of research. That, that's how we fix the sentence. Uh, could easily tell you um, a lot of times the no child left behind is uh, is a big it's a big thing that they just kept pushing kids forward because they didn't want anyone left behind and like you just kept moving forward and you didn't have to learn how to read so it's a very odd very odd situation and it's really funny because I think about uh, like my mom teaches first grade and um, the requirements for first grade you know they have to teach kids how to read and so. You think, you know, you think all these kids finish knowing how to read. My mom, I think she was telling me that she recommends they be held back, but I think it's up to the parents in the end of it or whatever if they move forward and shit like that. Uh, so that's also a problem. So parents could just be like, we want our child to not be held back. Uh, so we're going to move him forward another year. Um, so that's, that's, that's a problem too. Uh, and I just think... I just think of how many first grade teachers let a student through who now reads, gets their vaccine research from Facebook and other stupid websites. They barely, they, they went and they barely know how to read even form a sentence. I saw a guy, I guess he, it was like just some Tennessee article and he just wrote some utter fucking nonsense sentence that looks bad. And then like my friend commented, Hello. If I was a fifth grade teacher and I had a student write that sentence, I would tell them that I would tell that kid's parents to highly consider having that kid held back because they clearly do not have not grasp reading. And like that, that was funny. And I'm like, we just allow these people to go on Facebook. Like we we're allowing these people into our world who don't know how to read and how people are getting around it. Yeah. Like everything's pictures. Like, you don't know how to read the word stop, but you can recognize what a stop sign is. That's the whole purpose of like a lot of signs is that uh, you like that. That means that's a stop. sign. That means you stop. If it's red, like it's easy. Red versus colors is so much easier. So when you see red, you know, stop green means go. And they're also like, I think those are also uh, color proof or colorblind proof, whatever. So it doesn't matter. At least you'll see the light, whatever, even if you're colorblind. So, uh, that's that's something else as well. Uh, there's a lot of reasons, but yeah, you could you could easily just get around not knowing how to read. Like you surprisingly, like to me, like because at some point when you know how to read, it becomes second nature to you. And then you realize that some people just didn't learn that, and they're just going through their lives, and it's crazy that they're letting these people graduate high school. Sometimes they even get to college for like a year. It is fucking crazy. That shit. That shit is. Insane, I will tell you. Insane. I don't understand why people have kids. Never had a thought about having kids. I can't think of any reason for having them. I understand it as a concept. It is similar to having a significant other who loves in all but is optional. Having a significant other makes life simpler. Having kids is more of a burden all throughout. How is it ingrained in almost every person to have kids? How is it a default option for everyone? My grandma was telling me to not use condoms so that I'll be done with having kids as early as possible. I'm actually scared to think about having to oppose every single person I know by not having kids. 
How are people actually so fearless opposing society? All right, I'm going to say something controversial. And uh, a lot of you are not going to like what I have to say, but I hope you stick with me through this. Um, the reason I think a lot of people want kids is because they want a little miniature version of themselves. And uh, something they want, and they want a little version of themselves. I just think having children is selfish because you want to have power over something, you want to be leader over something. And I know raising a kid's hard, and I know a lot of people do it well. But I'm telling you that it's not a selfless act. It's a selfish act. It's not a selfless act to want not want to have kids. To have want to have kids. Because what's the point? You want to procreate. Obviously, everyone wants to have sex. Sex is great. Unless you listen to Weezer, then you just don't have sex. That's just how it is. And, uh, you know, to have a kid, because you want to be parents. And a lot of times, you know, you see other people having kids, and you're like, oh, I like hanging out with their little baby. Maybe we should make one of our own. And shit like that. It's it's crazy. And I, and I don't understand why people want to have kids. I may change my mind when I'm older, but right now I don't. So, and, you know, having you have your kids, it's fine. I'll, I'll like your kids unless they talk shit. Then I will not like your kids. I will talk back to your kids. But, but I don't know. It, it is a, it is a rather weird concept to be wanting. I'm like, I want to create a small child in half of my image because I want a little me walking around. Because I like me a lot, therefore I want another one. And I want to show off that, and people think it's, I'm a good person because I have a kid. I know a lot of people with shitty parents. That's not the case. That's not the case at all. And uh, maybe a lot of people shouldn't have kids. And it's also a weird concept to think that you can have as many kids as you want. That's not a problem. You can have kids. But if you want to adopt a kid, like, you have to go through all these hoops. It's like, why is it easier for me to just make a kid than to just adopt a kid? Like, no one wants this kid. Like, well, I want that kid. You can't have him. We're going to make it really hard for you to get him. I don't, I don't understand this bullshit. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think, I think, uh, I think also the re- everyone before us has had kids or been parents and kids because uh, procreation is how we stay alive. And so... Uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons I think people want kids. I just think there's the, you want power over something is one reason you want a miniature version of yourself. Uh, you want to kind of fit in with everyone else. I think that's the other thing. So, uh, at the end of it, you know, if you, if you want to have kids, go for it. I'm not trying to stop you, but I mean, there's a lot of bullshit. You got to stop telling everyone about that. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, shut the fuck up. That is a lot. Is it wrong to date someone because their emotional baggage is just too heavy for me? I recently met a girl I found nice. Wanted to give her dating her a go, so I got closer to her. Out of the blue, she started telling me about her life, how she was abandoned by her parents, and other things I will not share. I am unsure if she lied. I feel it's too early to be open like this. But regardless, is it douchey of me to not want to jump into something I can't handle? Um... It's. I mean, I honestly think you might be doing the right thing. I think that's probably the right thing you should probably be doing because, uh, to be honest, everyone has baggage. That's the thing. Everyone has a little bit of baggage. However, 
it's it's something that uh, you have to compromise. That do you, can I deal with this baggage? Am I going to be able to deal with this baggage uh, before? Because the whole the whole point is you find someone with baggage, and you just got to hope you're able to figure it out with wheel like put wheels on it, and then that way you can keep moving forward. Because sometimes you get have baggage and you got to find the wheels and open it up in that special special way with bags that you can just roll it around like a middle-aged woman going back to community college to be to finally make something of herself going back to college non-traditional student uh, <laughs> that shit you know you know you know those people I'm trying to say um uh, but it, unless it's you then it definitely it's I'm not talking about you well, obviously I'm not talking about you um but uh, the reason why I think she actually probably told you that up front is mainly because I mean, I mean she's probably she's probably been in a situation before where she hasn't really been super open about everything all at once up front, and uh, over time they realized this and it became too much for them. So I think she's probably intentionally dating. I'm like, hey, this is this is what happened to me. This is me. Uh, if you don't want it, you gotta leave. We're not. I'm not gonna be fucking around. For you to figure this shit out, so I think she's probably used to it up front. But I think if you if you do it like that, you know, I feel like it's not going to work out because like that's kind of a lot and shit. Um, I mean, yeah, sometimes you got to deal with that. Sometimes some things you can't be a perfect match for everyone, unless you're me. Everyone's the perfect match for me, but you're not me. So therefore, uh, you you can't be everyone's perfect match. I'm sorry, life. So no one told you life was going to be this way. And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, well, and then I guess you're asking the other question, is she lying? Um, she is, you definitely don't want to be around her because that's, that's weird in the, not, it's not something you should be continuing a relationship with. What? Um, I just, I like pressing the what, because that one makes me laugh too much for no reason. Um, and I've been shaking, this camera's been shaking this entire time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So, you know, I think everyone, I think it's important to realize, uh, that everyone has baggage and, uh, you got to realize, uh, or figure out if you can find the wheels on that baggage. So it can be easily moved and yeah, I mean, not everyone's perfect like me. So it's, it's unfortunate. Why do white people tolerate racism from non-white people? Happy Black History Month. Uh, a common example I see is when a white person is doing something weird or funny. Someone will comment, white people. I think comedy is objective, so I think it's funny. But I think if someone said black people and it gets taken seriously, I'm so left wondering why it's okay to make fun of white people. First of all, I'm going I'm to say this. In the right context, making fun of any race is funny. That's, that's just hands down what it is. However, um, you, I could hear black people making fun of white people all day and I will think it's hilarious. I think the reason why white people can deal with it, there's a lot of reasons why I'm just going to say whatever is at the top of my head. Um, there's a little thing called white privilege in critical race theory. Um, and with all of that put together, it, you learn about how white people are more privileged in the United States than everyone else, every other race. Um, that's how it, that's just how it goes. Um, I will, I try to work to do better on myself every day, but, uh, I, like I said, I'm not a white savior. I'm not trying to be anyone's white savior. 
uh, to try to to try to save them, save the white people, and protect the blacks or whatever. Um, happy Black History Month. Um, uh, um, so yeah, I think that's just something. I think it really does come down to that, um, and that's why I think it's it's a little bit different. So um, when in I think you know the best example, Dave Chappelle, we talk about this. There's you know with, with joke telling and making jokes. There's punching down, punching up, punching equally to you. Um, and I think a lot of times when jokes are made from the aspect of two white people, um, it's usually in the punching up. And I feel like, you know, punching up is okay. It's it's okay. Um, to me, it's okay. Or punching equally to you, but it's just kind of one of those things you never want to punch down. So like when a white person tries to make a too many black people jokes in like the wrong type of context, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just touching the fucking mic, checking the camera, uh, you know, it's, it's taken to the serious, to the, to the, to the idea of punching down and you should never punch down. That's, I think that's the main thing. Um, like I said, it's all context in how you say jokes, but it's always the direction you're punching. If you're punching, if you're, you're punching equally, you're punching equally it's okay punching up's a little bit okay too it's it's punching down i think that's the real thing when you're punching down on anyone uh especially in regards to joke telling and stuff like that that's where like big problems can come in and i don't know it's just it's just kind of like it's just not right you know just you know i don't you don't have to be a genius to have this weird feeling or a funny feeling to know that something is wrong and you shouldn't do it but, you know, sometimes when you're white and you just hear a goofy-ass joke, like, white people can't dance, and you're like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Um, they can't dance. That's why it's funny. They can't clap either on the beat, you know? It's just that shit. That's just funny, you know? It's it's not punching down. And I think good, and I do think at the most part, good comedy is never punching down on someone. So, I, I, I don't know, I would say, yeah, no, that's what I would say in regards to that. I think... The reason why it's funny, fun to make fun of white people is because you're not punching down, and when you're when you're not punching down on someone, it makes the joke really good. And uh, that's the way it is. Why do a lot of artists sound so bad live? Alternatively, why do some artists, uh, for example, Kelly Clarkson, Adele, contestants from singing shows like American Idol, sound as good or even better live? So, a lot of things. I'm. You know, I'm somewhat of a music producer myself, or a musician myself, so I, I guess I'd be perfect to tell you why uh, this is the case. What I will say, um, so let's go into what a, uh, a live performance is. So, with a live performance, like you're talking about, um, it's not like you, typically, you don't get to start over without it being super apparently obvious that you are starting over, um, so you don't start off, so you have to do take. And, and no performance, uh, no matter how many times you practice and how good you are, is perfect. Like, you could, you can always nitpick, even, like, you film, you sing one song once. You could nitpick, no matter how perfectly someone else could consider you saying it, you could nitpick it to death on everything you did not like about said performance. And so, that's the thing. Um, so, but... We have artists like Adele, Kelly Clarkson, even like Ariana Grande, shit like that. They have been, uh, they're so they, you know, they're cla- they're well trained, the good singers, and uh, you just uh, it's the performances are so good because they've worked so hard at it that they um, 
yeah, you don't notice every small minute detail of what they did wrong, what they did right, and just a single one-take performance. But uh, when you go into like a, a studio recording of it, a lot of times uh, with uh, how at least vocals are recorded in a studio performance is that, so I will, let's say, I will sing a song four or five times maybe, sometimes three, sometimes four or five. Usually it's always good to get like four takes of a song. And then what you do is uh, maybe you do some more overdubs on parts like you weren't that really that good on. Um, stuff like that. So it's a lot of overdubbing, stuff like that. Then what you do is piece, you can piece every line and or half a line and stuff like that. You can kind of piece it together and to make one sort of performance. So you could listen to any, go to like whatever is number, the number one song right now on iTunes. If you, that's the whole thing. Um, that song's probably not one take of a performance. That's probably multiple takes put together. Like, and you take the best parts of each take uh, of, you know, so let's say you sing one line four times whichever line you sang the best one of those four times is what you're going to use you splice it together then you got auto-tune or pitch correct i think it's more pitch correction is what i will say here where you're taking the note you know it doesn't sound like it's out of tune but when you look at something like pitch correction which will tell you exactly where that note lies it's always a little little bit it's always around it in the right spot but it's always a little bit off nothing wrong with that a lot of times you don't even notice it unless you're going through it with a fine tooth comb. That's that's what pitch correction is. And then you fix it and make it even sound like a perfect performance. So basically, you do all that work and you create one perfect performance of a like a sing, vocal performance. You make it the perfect performance of it. And so there's a difference between putting four great performances, slicing them together to make one great performance and then tuning that to make it sound perfect Versus singing something once. Uh, singing, even singing at a level Adele, Kelly Clarkson, or even me, obviously, because I'm like, we, we all know I'm the best. Uh, takes a lot of work, and, you know, you gotta work hard for that to be even sound one good live performance. So that's kind of the big difference on why sometimes a song sounds really good live versus why a studio recording sounds a lot better. Um, and I try not to shame anyone, unless. Maybe Megan Trainer. I'll shame her because I don't like her. And, uh, yeah. Last question looks like we have. Why spend a lot of money on a bed? Isn't it just a frame? The mattress is the thing you're actually laying on. If anything, that would be where your money goes. Isn't the bed itself just a frame for the mattress to lay on? I don't see how there is such a thing as a bad bed unless it straight up falls apart when you lay on it. Um, that's a good question. So... I'm obviously going to say you're a man because uh, men do not give a shit about a bed frame. And when you say bed, I'm assuming you're meaning bed frame, not uh, the bed itself. Uh, yes, I would say uh, if you're going to choose where to spend more of your money on, it is on the mattress, particularly a Novilla mattress, 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description. You can get yourself a quality Novilla mattress today. That's what I sleep on, and it's great. Um with uh, that, yeah, so you do want to put, because the mattress is the most important part because that's what you're actually sleeping on. Uh, the bed frame, what you're trying to refer to, is what you're placing the mattress upon. Now, if you've ever had to sleep on a mattress on the floor, even if it's a good mattress, it feels like you're sleeping on an air mattress. And uh, I don't know, and I don't know if there's some cultures that do this, but uh, every woman out there is disgusted by a man sleeping on the mattress on the floor. Um, I don't know why. 
women are weird with furniture. They would rather get a couch that's super uncomfortable than that they like the way it looks than something that's practical to be used. I don't get it, but we we live with women. They got that good, good. They got that WAP. Not a wet-ass podcast, the other WAP. Uh, and that's why we deal with it. So, And I do think, yeah, you should try to get your bed on some sort of like cheap frame at least. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big believer in putting tons of money into a bed frame. I say go for more cheaper one that's going to work and work well. You can buy pretty cheap ones on Amazon. Uh, they'll get women will get mad that there's no headboard, but at that point, you kind of have to establish that you're a man at that point. Um, but no, you should invest in a good mattress, uh, a standard bed frame. Don't put your mattress on the floor. I think, I think we all know you shouldn't do that. Uh, get yourself a Novilla mattress and uh, put it on a cheap bed frame. That's what that's what I'll say uh, in regards to that. And I guess that's how we're ending the show today. Thanks so much for listening to Cancel Sweezy, or better known as The Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. So uh, go follow me on social media. That is at the Sweezy everywhere. Go check out my music. That is all under Sweezy. We're still up on Spotify. For you to know, we're up there with Joe. We're still up there like Joe Rogan is. Uh, you can also go check us out. We are now streaming video games over on Sweezy Live is the one place you can watch me stream shit, especially video games, maybe some other stuff that I plan on doing in the future. You can also go check us out on Patreon. Great way to financially support me in the rest of the show and a great way to say thank you for being a friend. Uh, you can also check out the free shit, like if you're on the YouTubes, you know, smash that subscribe button, leave us a comment, like the video, uh, go check out those highlights, and send them to all your friends, let them know Daddy loves them. And you can also, uh, for the most part, um, if you're on the audio platform, share, leave a review, give us a star rating. Those are great ways to help us infiltrate algorithms and a great way to say thank you for being a friend. So with all that being said, it's time for me to sign off. So honk if you love butt drugs. Stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out, or I'd pick up the phone Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home Hey, you just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Wherever you are listening or watching this show, make sure you smash that subscribe button that we can get notified anytime we release new episodes. And uh, like I said before, honk if you love butt drugs, and uh, stay awesome.